Hey, great job, City Church. So good. That was one of our goals when we received the legacy offering to be a blessing to the greater church and to be able to invest in two churches that are doing great things in our nation. So exciting. And uh, man, you know, one of the things I'm excited about here at our church is the Young Adults event happening tonight, but my birthday has aged me out tonight, so I'm not able to go. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't say it for that reason. It was some other joke. All right, well, we are celebrating God's generosity this Christmas time. And again, the reason we are a generous church is because God is generous. And, uh, you know, it's exciting for us as a church to be a blessing um, to the greater church. And one of our um, core values here at the City Church is the Big C Church, our family. And we believe in the local church. And one of the things that we are able to do Um, because of how God has blessed us is that we are able to be a blessing to a lot of other churches. So that's one of the great things about giving your tithes and offerings here at the City Church. And that's always an open club. If you want to start, you can start anytime. Um, One of the things that we are able to do, not just with resources that we give to other churches, but our staff is able to help other church staffs. And uh, that's one of the things that we do many times. And so easily this year, we've helped over 20 churches with just different and various things and advice and, you know, other things that the church has really been hit hard. A lot of our friends in ministry who don't have buildings, they weren't able to meet for 18 months and, and some longer than that. So just for us to be able to be resourced, to be able to be a blessing to the greater church, you know, it's, it's multiplication of effort. So when we give here, we're discipling children and young people and adults here at the city church, but then also through the efforts of our staff, we're able to be a blessing to other churches and we bless other churches, we're blessing other cities. So just multiplication of discipleship is happening when you give here at the city church. So come on and give along with the rest of us who are already giving. All right. So we are looking at God's generosity again um, in this time of year. And sometimes we, we get so caught up, especially in Canada and North America, in, in the ease of stepping into the season, but sometimes we forget the why. And what we want to do is remember the why of God's generosity. And so my generosity to you is I'm not gonna preach so long. All right, so we're just gonna dive uh, right into the word of God this morning. When we, what we are celebrating in, in December is the advent. And really advent means the arrival of a notable person. And that was true when Jesus came to the earth, that we are being grateful for all that God has done for us. And really that's the first thing I just want to mention today. Do you know, it's so important to be grateful, isn't it? Don't you like it when somebody says thank you, when you do something and, you know, when, when, when somebody lets you in or you make a space for another car to get in, what do you want in that moment? You want the wave, right? You, you want to see the wave. You, you, don't, you don't need them to roll down their window and say, thank you, even though that would be extra special. All you want is this, just the, just the wave in the window, someone to say thank you. And then when you don't get the thank you, you're like, I'm sorry, I let you in. <laughs> Gratefulness is so important because it's so easy to take things for granted. It's so easy to take God for granted. It's so easy to take your, your spouse for granted and your children for granted and your parents for granted and your friends for granted, all the blessings that God has given to us. And see, when we remember God's generosity, 
our love grows for him. And this is true in all areas of life because if we forget to be generous, we somehow think we deserve everything we get. And if we're not generous, uh, if we're not thankful rather, our tank can never be filled. If we're not thankful, people can never do enough stuff for me because we think we deserve it. But generosity or thankfulness rather flips that script. And then you're just so grateful that anything that somebody does, if somebody smiles at you, somebody says hi, you're just grateful for all of those things. Because we could just take everything for granted. We could take God for granted. We could take our parents for granted. We could take those small things that, that happened for you in your house, from your family. Somebody brings you a coffee. Somebody makes the bed for you. Well, they should do that. That's their task in the house. But you know, it's great when we say thanks. And God is so generous with us all of the time. He's such a giving God and it's so important for us to be grateful. All right, Isaiah chapter nine, a great prophecy about Jesus coming to the earth. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six says this, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, of the, the government is upon his shoulders. And what government are we talking about? The, the Jesus, the Prince of Peace, what constituency does God have? He has and he wants our heart. I've talked about this many times and I think it's worth repeating now in the season that we are in, no politician has my heart. God has my heart. The government of my heart belongs to God. I'll vote for somebody, but they don't have my heart. They get my short-lived confidence if you can manage the province well or the, the nation well. Otherwise, I'm gonna vote for somebody else. But God has my heart. He is the prince of peace. In other words, he rules us with peace. When Jesus comes to the earth, the advent of a notable person coming to the earth, what is Jesus showing up? He's showing up as the Prince of Peace. Luke chapter two, verse 10 says this, talking about the story of Jesus being born. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy. When the advent of the Prince of Peace comes, it's great joy. Jesus showing up, being born in a manger. The announcement, man, this is great joy. What that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
With the angels went away with them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So there's this great announcement. This is what the gospel is. The gospel is an announcement. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the announcement of what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. No matter what country you live in and no matter what state of that country, the announcement is God is after our hearts. And how is he going to rule? There's this great joy in the announcement. A savior has come and there's peace for everybody. So this is what we're gonna be talking about today briefly two very familiar themes, but then sometimes we forget why. Joy and peace. One of my Bible school instructors would always tell us that he would, he would always compare our lives to a car that we would be driving in. And he would always tell us, you need to check your joy meter and your peace meter. Because at any time, if the, either one of those dials gets to empty or low, you are in trouble. But the announcement of Jesus coming to the earth is filled with a thought of joy. Man, we have a savior. And then the prince of peace has come. See, we can live in a constant agitated state. The world offers us to be critical all the time about everything and just to be angry and agitated and frustrated about people and how they act and what they say and and frustrated and agitated about what might be or what might not be and just be frustrated. But the kingdom of God is not that way. The the kingdom that Jesus brought with himself is a kingdom of joy and a kingdom of peace. Romans chapter 14. And I recommend for every Christian to read the whole chapter of Romans 14. I left about five times a day until you get it into your heart. Such an important chapter. And it's, it, the, the whole chapter is about matters of conscience and how many times we judge each other about matters of conscience. But here in Romans 14, verse 17, it says this. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, not all these exterior things that are our preference, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What's the kingdom of God all about? The kingdom of God is about righteousness, that God provides for us through the finished work on the cross, what Jesus has accomplished for us. He provides us righteousness. We always talk about this every Sunday, right standing with God. The only way we have right standing with God is provided by Jesus. And then what are the other two things? Peace and joy. Remember the fruit of the spirit? What are the first three? Love, joy, and peace. Such an important thing. Am I experiencing joy in the season when the announcement of the savior is all about joy and the savior coming, he is the prince of peace. Do I have any peace? Do I have any joy? You know, our, our oldest daughter, her, her second Christmas, she was born in September. So her first Christmas, no cognition of anything. Um, her second Christmas, you know, she kind of knew a little bit, you know, she could know what, knew what was going on and she knew that she was getting some gifts. So in, in this year there, Ikea had all of this, this uh, monochromatic wrapping paper. And my wife, you know, as I always say, is very artistic. And so she wrapped all of Avery's presents with this uh, 
monochromatic paper. And then so there was a, a red gift and a green gift and a whatever else gift. There was like three or four different colors. And then not only did she wrap with this Ikea wrapping paper, then she wrapped every gift also with cellophane. So Avery's about, you know, whatever, 16 months old at this point. I mean, she, she can barely rip apart wrapping paper, but Nicole did the double wrap, right? Double wrap with the bow, with the knot, with the, you know, the pine cone and the scented and, you know, potpourri. Like there's everything on all of these gifts. And, you know, when you're with your first child, you just want to get you, just, oh, I want to get you, oh, I want to get them this and look at this toy and look at these clothes. It's so cute. And you can dress them up and all these things. So we bought way too much stuff for her, but Nicole wrapped, double wrapped all of them. So I want to say there was at least 14 or 15 gifts. So about three gifts in, Avery is done. Do you know what I mean? She's like done. She, she doesn't even want to play with what's in the boxes. She wants to play with the boxes, right? And we're like, no, you can't play with the toys yet. There's 10 other things to open up. So she had no peace and no joy at her first, now she doesn't remember this, but we ruined her Christmas for her. And see, this could happen to us, again, in the Advent season, we could have no joy and we could have no peace, but the whole kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy. So we actually want to experience what we are remembering about related to the kingdom. The word joy in simplest terms just means delight, means be glad, and means good cheer. See, these things we're not gonna get from the world. See, we are, the scripture tells us we're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And you can't look at the circumstances in the world and from those circumstances, the situations, the socio-political situations around the world, the, the, the thoughts about our economy, thoughts about all these different things, we can't look at all of those things and be like, hey, there's joy in that. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. We're living in a different kingdom. So the question is for us today, what is the source of my joy? Where is my joy going to come from this heart condition where I'm going to have God's delight that I'm going to have I'm, I'm going to be glad it's going to be something that I choose I'm just going to I'm going to be of good cheer Psalm 51 verse 12 says this restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me the joy of salvation. I, see, grumpy Christians is an oxymoron. Angry, complaining Christians is an oxymoron. These, these things don't go together. The joy of salvation. Are we leaning into the joy of salvation? The Savior has come. This announcement, this gospel announcement, Isaiah 12, verse two says this, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength. What do we know about the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord himself 
is my strength and my defense he has become my salvation with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation there's a well of salvation on the inside of you the holy spirit is on the inside of you if you are a follower of jesus the holy spirit god's own spirit his present presence is on the inside of you so how are we going to draw out of that well of salvation with joy, a decision that we're gonna make. Looking at the gospel announcement, there's a whole plethora of announcements out in the world. Announcement about this, an announcement about that. But this is the announcement that should rule our hearts. The Prince of Peace has come. There's a joy, a great joy for all people. We sing joy to the world. We are the ones should, that should experience the joy that God gives. Colossians 1 verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Do you know what I just read? Now, I can't see your mouth today, but that should put a smile on your face. All of what I just read, that means your destiny has changed forever, that you are not living in the kingdom of darkness that God has provided an inheritance for you as a son and daughter of God. I live in the kingdom of light. I don't live in the kingdom of darkness. This kingdom is ruled by the Prince of Peace and there's joy at his coming. And with joy, I'm gonna draw out of the well of salvation so that when everybody else is sad, I can be joyful. We can be joyful. Why? Because this is the kingdom I'm living in. We live in this world, but this kingdom has my heart. The kingdom of God, God himself has my heart. This is, I don't have this on the screen, but Psalm 100 verse two says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who has made us, we are his we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name forever. James chapter one, verse two says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. It's talking about our tests and trials. Now in the same chapter, a few verses down, the scripture tells us that God is not tempting us with evil. So God is not bringing negative circumstances in our lives. But the scripture does say when we do face these trials, what are we supposed to do? Count it joy. Count it joy. Because you're gonna grow up a little bit if you decide to be joyful in the midst of contradictory circumstances. Otherwise, what are you going to do? You're just gonna complain and complain. And what, 
Complaining is the opposite of what? Thankfulness. And we've read a bunch of verses already about being thankful. Now, there's always, there's always something to complain about, sure. But there's also something to be thankful for. If we're, if we're looking through kingdom eyes, what we're looking for is something to be thankful for. So in the midst of the trial and the struggle, what does the scripture say? Count it joy. Why do you have to count it joy? Because it's not joy. But I'm going to decide to make this experience joyful. Because what do I get when, when, I, when I take from the well of salvation with joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So whenever I face a struggle and a hardship, I make it a practice of putting a smile on my face. And sometimes the staff thinks I'm crazy. We know I think of this really hard thing and it's like, I make a joke or I'm smiling like, they get a little bit frustrated with me sometimes, but we gotta choose joy. We gotta choose it. We gotta count things joy because I can draw out of my heart. There's a well of salvation on the inside of us. I could choose joy. And then, man, I have the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then I'm strong to face this trial, the struggle of whatever it is. I know God is with me. This great announcement that there's joy for all people. Second thing, peace. We have peace with God, the scripture talks to us about. And then we also can have peace with others. This kingdom of peace ruled by the Prince of Peace. We can experience peace and we can bring peace. See, the world will tell us that peace is just lack of war. It says that if there's no struggle right now, there's peace. But the kingdom of God is different. The kingdom of God is that you can actually have peace in the midst of a struggle. Now, their definition for peace is tranquility of heart. There could be a whole bunch of things going on. See, and in this time where Jesus was born, this intertestamental period, there was 400 years where there was no prophet. From the prophet Malachi to John the Baptist showing up, 400 years. And so in Israel's mind, God had gone silent. And they were living in Roman-occupied territories. And there was a whole bunch of uncertainty in there. Taxation was super high. It's, anyway. In the middle of that, God is sending the Prince of Peace. He's going to rule our hearts with peace, regardless of the circumstances. So the same question, what is the source of my peace. Is it lack of war? Or is it I'm living in this kingdom and this kingdom is all about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. Do I give you? Let not your hearts be troubled. Not just this exterior peace has to do with my heart. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. So when is that? When is in in all times and in every way? That is all of the time. That God is a God of peace and he wants to give us peace regardless of the circumstances. Will we lean into that? Will we allow the Prince of Peace to rule in my heart with tranquility, with peace of mind? Because it's in the kingdom and we're in that kingdom. That's where we live. That's where God has invited us into. There's this great inheritance in the family of God, joy and peace. Philippians chapter four, verse four says, here we see these two things together. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. We're rejoicing and that we experience peace. See, the best part about peace and joy is that we can actually share them. See, there's a bunch of people walking the malls, singing Christmas carols that don't actually know what they're singing or why they're singing it or don't actually know God for themselves. See, what you can do at work, at the Christmas party, with your family, is that you can share these things that Christmas is actually all about, that the Prince of Peace came. And there's joy in the announcement of the advent, a notable person coming to the earth. Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, if you're overflowing with joy and peace, you can share that with somebody else. So that's what we wanna do this Christmas season. We wanna overflow with the joy and peace that God gives. Let's just pray this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you, Lord, for this great announcement in your kingdom, this announcement of joy for all people. God, and we on purpose this morning with joy draw out from the well of salvation that's on the inside of us. We just remind ourselves, Lord, the first kingdom we live in, the first family we live in is yours. 
world doesn't have my heart. You have my heart. We thank you, Lord, that we can have a tranquil heart, a peaceful mind in this season. That regardless what comes, regardless of how busy the rest of the year is, that we can experience peace because we are walking with you. And God, we pray that we overflow with peace and joy. That we can be a blessing to others. We thank you, Lord, for your generosity in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, we read that verse there that the kingdom of God, first thing was righteousness. And so if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you have never said yes to Jesus, righteousness again means right standing with God. And God offers us right standing with himself as a gift. And all we have to do is say yes to that gift. See, the gift was costly in the life of Jesus, but for us, it's free. So if you've never received that gift today, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a moment to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. So I invite you to pray along with me out loud. So church, let's pray this out loud together. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you are watching at home, you pray this out loud as well. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to your salvation today. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. And I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.